0: Hudson Boulevard, next door to the Christian Love Baptist Church. You're welcome to join our fitness center with state of the art equipment. Need a place for a wedding reception, family
1: reunion, or conference space? Well, look no further than the Christian Love Family Life Center. We
0: can meet all your needs with the latest audio and video equipment. For more information, contact Miss Patsy at 318 709 8116 or Miss Linda Johnson
1: at 770 371 3466.
0: When you experience the loss of a loved one and you need to select a funeral home, Robinson Family Mortuary is that funeral home. Robinson Family Mortuary is locally owned and operated in the city of Pineville, Louisiana. Robinson Family Mortuary serves the entire community of central Louisiana and surrounding parishes, including Natchitoches, Avoyles, Grant, Wynn, Allen, and throughout the entire state. Robinson Family Mortuary is staffed with over 40 years of tender loving care and experience. Robinson Family Mortuary offers cremation, floral arrangements, headstones, and catering for your repast. For information regarding any of our services, please feel free to contact Dolores or Tyrone at 318-442-7300. That's 318-442-7300. Robinson Family Mortuary. A family serving families.
1: Robinson Family Mortuary is now located at 1815 Military Highway, Pineville, Louisiana. Hours of operation are from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Robinson Family Mortuary, a proud sponsor of this program.
0: Southern Heritage Bank is Central Louisiana's family of banks that provide that personal service in a corporate environment. Southern Heritage Bank is located 5211 Jackson Street. You can phone them at 318-561-2227. Southern Heritage Bank has a full range of services that are available such as online banking, freedom checking, 24-hour bank line. You can phone 1-800-992-7059. And we are an equal housing lender. Southern Heritage Bank promises prompt services without unnecessary hassle. Come in. Let us service your banking need. Again, that all-important phone number is
1: 318-561-2227. Your life is a wreck. Your car is a wreck. Will your family be next? At Hunter & Beck, it's not about the money. It's about respect.
0: With Hunter & Beck, you get experienced trial attorneys. 318-487-1997 or 800 448 Eighty-six fourteen, and remember, at Hunter and Beck, you get Hunter and Beck. Thank you for tuning in for today's message with Reverend Larry R. Turner. If you would like a copy of today's message, you can contact the church office at 318-443-8715 to purchase a CD for only a $7 donation. Always remember, it's worth a trip to come and visit Christian Love Baptist Church, 3515 Hudson Boulevard, Alexandria, Louisiana.
1: Welcome to a broadcast of Live Big Ministries, a ministry of Hollywood Presbyterian Church in Shreveport, Louisiana where Harry Cooper, Jr. is pastor and spirit coach. We're located at 2840 Hollywood Avenue. At Live Big Ministries, we are encouraging and equipping people to live in victory every day, believing in God. We worship each Sunday at 1030 and hold Bible study each Tuesday at 630. If you're interested in prayer or counseling, call us at 318 318- You can also follow us at LiveBigMinistries.com or on Facebook. Listen now to a recent message from Pastor Harry Cooper. Trick or treat, imagine it's your birthday. You've been looking forward to this day all year long. And here it is. Your significant other has a big box, lovely wrap, and a big grin on his or her face. You feel the excitement. Are you with me? It's your birthday. A big gift. Big box. Happy person presenting you this big box. You can't wait to open it. And when you find chance to open it you tear it apart anxiously and excited and inside that big box is a brand new bible now you know you are supposed to be happy and you know That in that brand new Bible, there might be unlimited truths because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But some kind of way, you start feeling some kind of way because in that box, you were expecting a little bit different. You were expecting a treat, but it looked like you got a trick. In that same way, imagine being hungry for Bread, and you are walking along, and you smell the scent of bread in the air. You smell it, you, it, it oh, you, you, you began to salivate. You can almost taste it in your mouth because you can smell the scent of bread in the air and you follow your nose because it always knows the way you should go. So you follow your nose and you go where your nose leads you and when it gets you where the bakery used to be, The scent is still in the air because of the years in which this bakery produced what it was intended to produce. But by the time you got there, the bakery had already shut down. You were waiting for your favorite French bread, or you thought that you might get your macaroon, or you thought you might get your tasty lemon treat and lemon tart, but all you got was a trick and not a treat. The last analogy I use as a young illustration that I use is a young man graduates from college. He's proud of his accomplishment. And he has been thinking that my father is going to give me at least a car or something. It might be a hoopty, it might be a bike, but he's gonna give me something that I can really use. And when he gets to see his father his father has a little package, and he said, oh, sucker, sucker, quack, quack. This is going to be all right. He got a little package. So I know in this little package, it's probably going to be some keys or something. But again, when he gets the little package, all he has is a book. That son doesn't even really bother to open that book. He is so mad, he is so upset, so outdone, that all he says is, Dad, all these years I did what you asked me to do, Dad. I followed the plan like you said, follow the plan, and all you can give me is a book? From that day on, for many years, he didn't even talk to his father broken relationship because he was so disappointed that he did all that his father had asked him to do and all he got or so he all he got was a trick and not the treat that he was working for number of years later he starts going over and goes in that book And when he looks inside that book, he finds that there was a note inside the book. And the note inside the book said, go to this car dealership to pick up your brand new car. But because he had not followed through He went years and years thinking that he had gotten a trick when his father had really given him a treat, but he simply asked him to read the book. I am convinced that there are a lot of people who miss out on their blessings because they won't even open the book. I am convinced that there are people who are living beneath their God-given calling upon their life because of the presentation is inconsistent with what they thought they should see or how they thought they should be. This inconsistency, I am convinced, leads us to this very day. And today, we celebrate the 500th anniversary of the... Reformation 500 years ago, the church, which was intended to be a treat, had ultimately become a trick. The church as it was intended to manifest itself in a loving, caring way for the people of humanity had ultimately turned on itself and become a money-making institution which ultimately was a trick upon society. Therefore, if you wanted a blessing And we're talking about at that time, the main dominant church in the world was the Catholic church. If you wanted a blessing, you would go to the church and the church would say, tell me, what have you done? And the priest would say, what have you done? And you might say, well, Mr. Priest, I looked upon a woman um, with lustful eyes. And Mr. Priest would say, you know, that's a sad thing. You wish to be absolved of that sin? Yes, I would, Mr. Priest. He said, that's going to cost you. We're going to pay. This is a pay-to-play scheme. Trick. So you have Martin Luther, a young priest at that time, watching and looking at what's been happening, and he's saying, this just isn't right. The church has been setting itself up in a certain way to do a certain thing, but it has not done what it was intended to do. And therefore I am going to put this thesis 95 points on the door of the Wittenberg and the church at Wittenberg. And I'm going to just lay it out there. And that becomes the catalyst for what we now call the reformation and As a church that is a recipient or a part of the church of the Reformation, calling ourselves a reformed church, the nature of the Reformation was the church reformed always reforming. I hope you're following me. The church reformed. Always reforming, which says that the church is not intended to get stuck in a rut of how we have done things, but is called to consistently reevaluate how we are doing things so that we can become more and more relevant to the communities in which we are doing these things. It is intended to be a church that has power, is a church that speaks the language of the people. To the people. Hmm. Just so we can continue on this journey of disappointments, you have now Jesus in our text addressing the Sadducees, and the Pharisees. These are the leaders in the church of that day. Jesus, the master, son of the most high God, is talking to people who had been charged to lead people into the presence of God. And these are the words that he comes up with. I, I could have started in, in verse 1, and you get a chance to read it all, read all of twenty-three, Matthew 23. Verse 1 said, Then Jesus said to the crowds and his, to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach and, you, and follow it, but they do not do but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. Jesus begins to speak to the trick of the church that does not have a voice, and a, a, a true voice in the lives of the people to whom they are intended to minister. What good is it if you talk of faith that you cannot walk? You, you've heard me mention it before that we oftentimes have a audio that does not match our video. Wow. Wow. It's almost like watching a Chinese movie back in the day, the Kung Fu movies. When they're translating, so one, one man's lips are saying, and the words are coming out, I'm going to get you. <laughs> You say, "Wow, it took about two five thousand words to say I'm going to get you," and then and then and then you see all the action began to break out. It is an illusion, and that oftentimes is what has happened to the church. We have gotten into some roots, some 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 traditions and some habits. And I am not just preaching against traditions. Some traditions might be good, but I'm sharing with you traditions are tricks and not. Treats The trick of a tradition Is if you follow this Plan everything is going to be Alright but what happens is you Begin to follow the plan but you Forget about the planner So you understand How to follow the Words as they are printed On the page and how to repeat the Words but you are Repeating dead words Because you cannot allow you cannot Shake the letters off the words Oh, that, that, see, shaking the letters off the words means that you can say love and anybody can say love. But what does it mean to shake the letters off of love? To shake the letters off of love means to manifest it in real life so that if it didn't have a word, it would still have a meaning. Shaking the letters off of the words means doing our due diligence to no longer follow pathways just because we heard about them or just because someone told us about them, but we never sought to personally have that experience for ourselves. So you could be asked, why did you say that? And your response would be, why are you standing right now? Because everybody else is standing. Why are you sitting right now? Because everybody else is sitting. So you, you never ask yourself, you know, uh, bow your heads and pray. Why? No, no one thinks that thought because it's a tradition. It becomes a habit. So you follow the habit without it having a meaning. So you don't think that when I bow my head, I am ultimately humbling myself before the most high God and I am presenting myself and I'm closing my eyes so that I will not be influenced by what I see and I can present to God who I am. We don't necessarily draw the correlation between why we do what we do. And when what we do is no longer tied to why we do it, it has no meaning. It doesn't have the power that it was intended to have at its onset because we miss the message. Oh, and let's not get caught up in the messenger. Ooh. Oh, oh, there's some messengers out there. And sometimes you can listen to the messenger and they can sound so sweet. It, it was once said that Martin Luther King Jr. was preaching and teaching, but because his his vocabulary at times was well beyond that of the people who he was preaching and teaching to at times, they asked a sister, um, she came out of the service and said, whoo, it was hot, it was all fire. Martin Luther King spoke and oh, it was just so wonderful, it was great. And the person said, well, what did he tell, what did he say, what was he talking about? She said, I don't know, but it sure sounded good. (laughs) Sometimes we don't know, but it sure sounds good. My task, As best I can is to shake letters off of the word so that they can have meaning and that meaning can be applied to your everyday life. If what is being shared in a worship service cannot help the least of these in our society, then it has a brokenness to it. If it cannot help those who are hurting, if it does not lift those who have fallen, if it does not inspire those who are broken on the inside, then you know what? It might sound good, but it won't do good. And what good is a religion that doesn't do anything? How powerful is a believer who can shout on Sunday, hallelujah, praise the Lord, who can get up and talk, who can get up and and do anything inside the building? But when you get out past the door, you never see him. You never, you you couldn't tell the difference. Let's start with one point. Point number one, there is an expectation of believers. Here it is. That you have been coming to church year after year, week after week, month after month, or so this might be your first time, but there is an expectation for those who believe. So if you've never been to church and you're here today, there's an expectation that we have a few. There's an expectation for humanity. The first expectation I am believing is that God created you for a purpose. You are not an accident. Just repeat after me. I am not an accident. I am, I am not an accident. an accident. Everything that God has allowed you to experience is meant to be food for your soul to grow you into who you can be. It might not have been pleasant at the moment. You might have had to pick cotton in the fields on the hot days for year, weeks after week, months after month to make, bring it to harvest, and you hated it. You hated the way your fingers would have to swell after you got through picking the cotton. And you cannot understand why in the world God even let you go through that experience. But guess what? You're here today. And how is it that you do not know that by picking the cotton in the hot sun, you did not grow the stamina to be able to be here today? Now, I'm not saying you should have had to do it. I'm not even saying that it is right. But what I am saying is you can't change the past. No matter how articulate you are, no matter how much you fight, you can't change yesterday. Yesterday happened, but what you can do is today look inside of yourself and say, Oh, well, guess what? You thought it was gonna kill me. You thought it was gonna break me. You thought it was gonna tear me down. But look at me now. I took all that, all I took all the, the nails and stuff you threw at me, and I built a fortress. I took all the lemons that you threw you through your sourness and I made lemonade because I dipped my finger in it and I made it sweet because I'm as sweet as it gets. <laughs> Expectation of believers is that you do something. Do something. Do something. Do, something. do some thing. God expects excellence in our talk and in our walk. The Reformation was because the church had been talking a talk that it was not walking. Jesus' declaration to the Sadducees and the Pharisees is again revolutionary. We're talking about a man who walked with prostitutes and with tax collectors. I'm, I'm sharing with you today, if I came in here with a prostitute on my arm, and you knew she was a prostitute, you might have difficulty breaking who she was into who she can be. So all you'll be doing is looking at who she was, who she was yesterday, who she was last week, who she was last year. And you won't see the possibility in her. But if you look at who Jesus was surrounding himself with, his best friends were prostitutes. I'm not writing the book. I'm just telling, I'm not writing the story. I'm just sharing it. His best friends were the people in the society whose society said these are outcasts. Who's going to build themselves around, who's going to build a movement around these people? Jesus said, "Uh, I see the inside. Here you are, all gussied up, all prettied up. You got your Michael Kors and your Donald Karen and your Pierre Cardin and your brand new made, uh, 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 tailor-made suit. Here you are, all dressed to the nines, but your heart is funky. You know all the things to say and you say them oh so sweet. Words fall from your lips like honey from a honeycomb. But on the inside, Mm -hmm. you can't find no love. You ain't talking to some of your sisters and your brothers. Mm -hmm. You're looking down on people because they don't have what you have. They're not doing what you're doing and suddenly you think something's wrong with them. The problem was ultimately in the mirror. You got the Reformation. You have Jesus articulating these things because there is an expectation of believers. What do you expect from yourself? Do you not expect more? Do you not expect to give and do your best? It does not mean you always get it right. But if you don't even start with the expectation to get it right, you always gonna miss the mark. Mm. I, I, I share. I, I, I posted on Facebook something that the Spirit gave to me, and not everybody jumped on it, but it, it was real to me. And it said that if you only pray for your friends, you will always have enemies. Whoa, we like to pray for folk who are close to us. Lord, I want you to please bless my mama, bless my daddy, Lord, just give them all that thing. But that low down son of a mm, gun <laughs> who, who always haters, Lord, my haters, oh, you can just do away with them. <laughs> I ain't got no time for those haters. Your haters can be your elevators. Think about the people that motivated you the most. Yes, you want cheerleaders. We all want cheerleaders. If everybody was cheering, woo! but guess what? If everybody who cheered you, you loved, you would be a puppet and they would be the puppet master. Because everything you would do would be to hear their cheer. And you would never cross them. You would never say something that might make them not cheer you. Oh, I wish I could say... Y'all had called the pastor who looked for cheers. Now, you might wish that too. <laughs> but there, there will come situations and days in which I can't play that game. Because at the end of the day, I don't answer to you. I answer to the most high. And if the most high is disappointed, I don't care if you love me. Because you don't have a heaven or a hell to put me in or keep me out of. It's simply a relationship with the divine that says, I got you. And there are times when you got to trust that God's got you because God may put you in situations where you got to say some unpleasant things. You may have to speak truth to power. You may have to look folk in the eye and tell them what you are doing and what you have done is wrong. You may have to deal with situations like this past week and the NFL players are dealing with, especially those who are part of the Houston Texans, when you have an owner like Bob McNair, who says we can't let the inmates run the asylum. Now understand, I don't wish to be unfair to Bob McNair. I have used the phrase that you can't let the inmates run the asylum. It is a phrase that is in our common vernacular. However, When you use it, you need to be aware of the words that you're using and the consequences of the words that you are using. You are an owner of an NFL team in a year and a time in which NFL players are protesting against the prejudices and injustice happening in our society. So when you understand that the people who you represent, who you are paying how do you think they're going to hear those words? I'm, I'm just keeping it real. There comes a time when your metal may be tested, a time when you have to say, "uh-oh, I can't just go alone to get along." I thought I could. I, I thought it, and, and you, you know, come on, sisters and brothers, I'm just keeping it real. Sometimes you didn't scratch when you didn't itch. It's been some times you have laughed at some stuff that just wasn't funny.